Hello and welcome back to another episode of Wealthy Expat. Sam, how are you? It's hey. great to have you on the show. Yeah, likewise. I love a good Friday evening podcast. Saved up <laughs> all uh... I've saved up all my beans for this hour, so I'm all yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you've got a couple margaritas waiting for you uh, once this finishes to rip into. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your Friday evening. So, yes, <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, so today, I thought it would be great to get you on the show. Um, we could have a bit of a chat about what we're seeing in the Melbourne property market. Uh, get a bit of a your perspective from a sense and understand what you're seeing, what sort of trends you're seeing, yeah. uh, and what you kind of, in essentially predict um, over the next. 12 months you could say as we do ease out of these lockdown restrictions and covid becomes a thing of the past uh, yeah. let's hope um but yeah we'll uh, we'll dig into a, a couple of those topics and yeah it'll be good to understand your perspective so yeah, yeah. looking forward to it um yeah and i'm yeah it's it's melbourne is, is is definitely still on the cards as a as a top growth you know um capital city um to invest into so and there's some really good pockets that we should um you know, eye out for. So, um, yeah, happy to discuss. Yeah. So let's do it. I guess to, to start off and just give us an, a, a general overview as a sense uh, of the Melbourne market, yeah. what sort of things have you been seeing over the last six to 12 months uh, as we have been in these, these lockdowns and these restrictions? And yeah. now we're, I guess, in limbo back and forth between yeah. them but what have you noticed over the Look, last um there was months? definitely a big confidence drop in in melbourne i guess a big motivating factor when people are investing is livability um and they went through this big depression of a four-month lockdown compared to the rest of australia so um what that actually meant was that there was a lot of um migrants coming out of melbourne yeah. um and moving into other capital cities uh, because everybody just wanted to get away, um, you know, from the city, and I, I guess that that then translated to um, you know slow growth, um, where uh, other capital cities were net gaining, um, you know, you know that 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 kind of growth. But I guess what had happened towards sure. um, the end of last year was that the government saw that things had slowed down. They wanted to raise confidence all over again, and they introduced all these incentives uh, you know first homeowner grants increased there was a waiver of 50 percent of stamp duty for all purchases under a million dollars so it was quite a juicy incentive to get people um you know uh, to get people back in the market and and i guess it worked because um the last six yeah. months has proven we're up until the end of financial year has proven that melbourne is still um, modest, uh, you know, uh, growing in a very modest way. So, um, uh, house and land, and in in specific dwellings, you know, some perform better than the others. But but really, in effect, really in effect, um, to see an overall growth, um, you know, quarterly of of six percent, and the quarter before that at around just yeah. under that as well. So, it just proves that the movement, whether it was the government incentive. Or it was that you know rebirth of everybody wanting to buy out of that lockdown um, uh, definitely has has shown in, in, in property prices. That's interesting. So it's interesting to see that these markets are rebounding quite strongly after lockdowns and, and restrictions are put in place. And COVID is uh, yeah, it's really not disrupted the market as as much as you would expect from afar. 
Um, yeah, interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, I guess, yeah, and looking looking at the UK, they've managed to rebound out quite well, and we saw about fourteen yeah. percent growth in in house prices yeah. across the country. And um, I think, yeah, it's it's good to see that the confidence is still there in people uh, to be investing. I think these government stimulus packages and, and the grants are really helping people get onto definitely, the ladder and definitely. almost speeding the process up in a sense. Yeah. Um, and they have. People have been waiting around, waiting for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that'll be interesting to, to continue watching. Do you, in regards to house prices, do you think we'll, uh, we'll continue to see the prices rise um, uh, over the you know next six to 12 months? Or do you think there'll be a look, bit of a drop now that some of the stimulus is... Look, um, you know, a few months ago, Melbourne tipped over the million dollar, you know, median price, uh, um, you know, for homes. Um, so the way I see it is whilst people are motivated still to buy in the market, I think there's going to be eventually a, a very, you know, a little bit of a cool off and a little bit of a correction. And I just read an article this morning that um, they believe that the um, loans have peaked um, and they're seeing, they're starting okay. to see a little bit of a drop. So. Um, that just proves that um, there was a big hype in the market and, and people, you know, um, I guess that they rode that wave. Um, but needless to say, it never crashes. Capital cities like Sydney and Melbourne, it takes pandemics, GFCs, big life events for things to really crash. So whilst things are easing off, yeah. there's still some serious buyer confidence. Okay. It'll be uh, yeah, interesting to see how that does continue to to travel what trends we do yeah keep seeing i I hope it's all positive it's uh it's got a it's i think it's going to head in the right direction i don't see any reason of it really slowing down at the moment look we all we all know that you know um um, melbourne is about three to four years of surpassing sydney's population so you know you've got the reigning queen sydney and then you've got the uh you know (laughs) the the sister that wants to follow so um and and i I think melbourne is on track it's going to take some time and a Definitely. lot more, a uh, lot more of a, a push in population growth. But I have a feeling that there's going to be a, a really different forecast when our borders reopen and the influx and okay. the backlog of people and the migrants yeah. are trying to get into this country. And I feel that um, that that we're we're going to see a serious housing demand um, in the next year or so. Sure. Pick up. Just if like, you were to pick a ball, you know. you could predict it um and i guess being a a melbourneite yourself is there areas of of focus at the moment or or, you know places that you're really paying higher attention to i didn't mention it at the start of the podcast but you do some development stuff as well and uh, have you been looking at yeah getting into parts of melbourne to to run or develop Um, some new, new sites um not not new sites entirely um but I, I'll go back to your first question as to um, yeah. you know where to look out for. I think this the beauty about Melbourne, um, uh, Melbourne um, investing in Melbourne is, is, is it's, it's it's geographically it's quite easy to recognise growth corridors because it's quite centralised. Got north, east, south, west, and that's really about it. You've got regional and and, and country Victoria, et cetera, et cetera. But the most important part is that you know where the government infrastructure at the moment is is, 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 is being pushed out to. And I feel like um, that is an idea of where, you know, um, new estates, um, new demand has been, you know, has been met um, for the government to recognize yeah. that further infrastructure needs to go out. And I'm, I think entirely, I'm, I'm really pushing out to the west of Melbourne, 
Um, we're about 30 to 40 kilometers out. Wyndham Vale side. Yeah. Um, you've got estates that have now fully built. And now you've got new estates that are being released um, because there was demand and people have bought out the previous estates. So, and, and the prices sure. are relatively still quite viable, Chris. You know, paying 600000 yeah. for a house and land in these estates is really quite affordable to, you know, to the, you know, the blue collar, it's two kids or, you know, yeah. your, your, your middle class or your, your middle income earners. These are still very, very um, uh, desirable. Yeah, definitely. And I think and going back to your point around the corridors and, and identifying the north, south, east and west, wherever it may be, but yeah. Melbourne's quite an accessible city from a, from an access point of view, you know, transport as well. Yeah. Other than the airport, the airport's a, yeah, a hassle right. to get to, but I feel you can, uh, you could be, yeah, they're, you know, they're actually, 30 minutes they're from the city doing an in, in your direction. At the moment. And that's actually that's going good. to be linked into the CBD and linked out to the west of what I was talking, what I was just um, mentioning. So yeah. another, another, you know, growth factor, I think, for people to get into Melbourne. Yeah, massively. I think that'll be a massive boost to, to the Melbourne market as well. It'll help connectivity from international uh, buyers sure. as well. People sure. who, yeah, just that yeah. ease of access in a, in a sense as well. Um, I guess talking about some of the stock that we have at the moment in Victoria um, and getting your perspective on, on what you, what is your favorite stock essentially in, in our Victoria. Um, yeah, I think I've uh, already, I already gave it away. At the it's our, our wind of veil stock at the moment. Um, I see it as a yeah. very entry level opportunity for people to invest and buy into because we know that when you buy something at entry level and there's room for expansion and, 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 and you know, it's eye for more growth, then you would automatically assume that the, the dwellings that are closer are going to be more valuable than the newer estates that are going to be built out. So you can actually capitalize on the further growth that will happen in that region. Now, I'm not saying that's only the short term, okay. that's probably the short term gain, but it really is dependent on your investment strategy, but growth for Melbourne is would would have to be the strategy and the you know the key factor for your portfolio because that area yeah. is not only expanding from a, a government infrastructure um, you know uh, side. It's got further employment opportunities will rise, um, and then you know, and then eventually Definitely. migration um, because of its entry price point, yeah. people would see. Um, the opportunity and, and see the affordability. Definitely. I think that goes back to the, the point about population growth as well, surpassing the, the big sister of Sydney in yeah. a sense in the next four or five years. And I think that, there's so much land between, yeah. just so much land around Melbourne as a whole. You, yeah, you know, it's, it's not restricted. It, it's it got isn't. space to it grow isn't. out. You've got newer states um, in Sydney. So I think that'll be a, 70, 80 kilometers out. So um, that, that's where there's new lands new estates start from the new estates are 35 yeah. kilometers out of melbourne so i don't know if you would ask me as much as sydney has proven itself to be you know um a market to invest into but i think 35 kilometers out from the cbd as opposed to 60 70 and paying two 300k more i know where i would put you know i would yeah. gamble my money so definitely that you, you can tell I've got Melbourne pom-poms, don't you? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, uh, I'm here cheering for Brisbane. You're there cheering for Melbourne. <laughs> Louis for Canberra. <laughs> We've got a diverse mix. Yeah. I guess that um, on your last point around around the 600k investment, if if you were in a position today to make a 600k investment, would you be looking to buy in Jubilee or, or Windenvale as a look as a whole? Look, 600k can can give you uh, somewhat of, of 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 good options, but I I, I, I want to answer this as you know neutrally as as I can. But it really all yeah. is dependent on your strategy of your property portfolio. Um, so if you've identified that, and if you were to choose, you know, yeah. you know something based on six hundred grand, I would definitely push you towards a land component purchase, um, something with multiple bedrooms, standard test time, um, something that's suited to the demographic of the West itself. So land component is yeah. the answer in the West. No, that's a good point I think yeah <laughs> simply <Yeah. laughs> no definitely though it's where you'll see the largest amount of appreciate or it's where the appreciation comes from with your property in a sense so I think it's uh it's an important thing to factor in 600k as a first investment as well as a, a decent budget yeah, uh in a sense yeah, it's, it's going to get you a, a house in land. yeah so it's um I think yeah, what you're saying about the land component is a a very valid and yeah good point. Um, so yeah, something to something to note for the future for sure. And hopefully, uh, I think as you were touching on, as we mentioned before, the the green space between Melbourne and Windenvale, for example, or Werribee, there's just so much of it at the moment that's all being connected to the CBD and yeah. with the the rail line that's going to be uh, put in place, you know the upgrade the suburban rail loop that'll be mm. um yeah started imminently from from what i'm hearing yeah i think that's also going to fill in a lot of this land between sure. between these areas yeah um as well which will which will be good for the west and hopefully we'll continue to see some strong growths in the house prices out that way um so if you were an investor and you were looking at melbourne's blue chip suburbs would you still consider investing in those higher end markets? Do you see a lot of value in, in the blue chip areas? I guess when you get closer and you, you know, you, you have a, a, a bit more of an aggressive um, approach to your investment properties, there would be other great opportunities in a city as well, depending on, you know, depending on the suburb that you choose, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but if I was to choose between blue chip, which is modest growth, or yeah. I would choose further out, 30, 35 kilometers, where there's anticipated growth, you almost guarantee this manufacturing capital growth kind of style that's happening out that way, um, as opposed to your safe investment in your yeah. blue chip area. Now, I have an investment in a blue chip area, but I also have one out um, you know, further out from the CBD as well, and I guess they perform very differently. Um, yeah. But sure. I, 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 yeah, I, I, again, I have to say it really does go down to um, you know your your um, your portfolio and and, and, and its strategy. Your goal. Okay. Could you see there being over the next ten, fifteen years more areas added or classified as blue chip areas, so to speak? 
in in Melbourne. Yeah. Do you I, think you'll you'll start to see you know new corridors expand and, yeah, and areas develop into? I mean, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Werribee ten years ago was out mm. in the sticks, and Werribee is obviously the the redundant um, uh, um, suburbs bef- um, before Wyndham Vale and before Jubilee and these areas. Now, yeah. Werribee is eight, nine, a million dollars plus. So, um, to answer that question, yes, crazy. there's going to be a lot more areas that's going to be built out and there's going to be a lot more regions that need to, um, that need to, that need to, I guess, uh, make count for yeah. uh, the demand that's going to be surging through. That'll be, be interesting to see. I think, yeah, I think what you're saying about places like Werribee, that's interesting to think that the the median house price is that 800000 k mark. When it, it, even yeah, ten years ago, when I had visited in the past, and this was when we were thinking of moving to Australia at first, and Dad went and did a recce around Melbourne and and its outer suburbs. And, yeah. He, uh, he couldn't bear the weather. He thought it was too much like the UK and he was trying to escape the UK weather. So Look, Melbourne I, wasn't the I'm one. But it was a place... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, but it was a place that you wouldn't... Yeah. You know, where would be at the time 10 years ago? You'd think, no, not a chance. But from what you see, um, see you know, photos these days and de- developments and projects that are happening in the area and infrastructure that's going into the area, mm. it's uh, it's flipped on its head almost. It's a, it's a massive transformation. So... It'll be interesting to see where the next real precinct and area. I think it's that's right. I'm a Melbourneite. Let's move to Sydney because, as much as I love the cafe culture there yeah. and the food scene, and um, you yeah. know, but I just <laughs> the weather's horrible. It is horrible. It's, it's its own little so climate. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It rains uh, three quarters of the year in England, and no one complains about it. So, I think Melbourneites are. Uh, Somewhat the same. Yeah, <laughs> get on with it. Agreed. Exactly, you get on with it. So that's a, that's an interesting one. If you were to, so let's just give an example to some people listening, maybe around. Yeah. Let's you know what's something that we've worked on recently. Maybe a, a house and land or a townhouse in in Wyndham Vale, and maybe just give a bit of an idea on numbers uh, in terms of what you could purchase for. Like what we'd be looking at if we had so, five hundred. Let's say it's five hundred k, and then what sort of returns we'd be looking on that, and sort of growth, and and, right. and uh, have a bit of a chat around right. that. So if you if you've got a budget so. of a max of five hundred thousand, we've got opportunities yep. um, for four bedroom townhouses on parcels of land of about two hundred square meters, um, yeah. to, uh, and they're really they're turnkey investments ready to go rentable um you're looking at rental you know rental returns of about three and a half to about 3.8 percent gross yield and that's that's decent yeah. for melbourne so um and 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 not only that but these uh you know the, just to give you a comparison say 200 square meters of land in, in sydney will probably cost you you know um probably half a million dollars alone so in this case under 500k, we'll, we'll get you a four-bedroom townhouse, turnkey home, um, yeah. you know, rentable, uh, ready to go. So in, yeah. in Jubilee Estate. That's a, it's a, almost a no-brainer, isn't it? If uh, it's it, and it's going to experience. I think the the interesting part is going to be watching areas like Windham Vale expand and grow. I think the 
the pop, I think the population increases that we've seen so far over the last, or from what I've read in, in uh, reports over the last 10 to 15 years has been massive. And then when you look forward, I think by 2041 from memory, it's predicted to grow by about another hundred, uh, 240,000 people. Yeah. Uh, and considering the, the city itself only has about 300,000 in it at the moment, if it continues on that tra trajectory, it's gonna be, uh, it's almost gonna be its own little city outside of, uh, of Mel a big city outside of Melbourne in a sense. So well, it'll be interesting to it's, see it's how that plays It's funny you say grow. that because Sydney has its sub-cities. It's got Parramatta. Now it's got, you know, the Western region where all these estates are now popping up and they're becoming quite self-sufficient. So Melbourne doesn't have that. Melbourne yeah. is centralised. So eventually when growth meets or the population expands or grows like Sydney, there's going to be other sub-cities. Um, and investing will be a yeah. little bit more complicated because you then have to now take into account a second CBD. That hasn't happened in Melbourne yet, but I foresee, according yeah. to you know, also your trajectories, that that will eventually happen because yeah. there can't be one pathway into one CBD. No. So sorry for the. It's going to be interesting to to watch it grow. It's got to it's got to happen. So we'll see where that area is. If you were to, and this is completely off off topic in comparison to the to the West, just to throw a spanner in the works. But have you um, have you been paying much attention to what's been happening in Cranbourne or that you know Mornington Peninsula yeah, I guess, area on the I, I, on the I, east? I guess the southeast has a very similar story to the West. Um, so the southeast yeah. is definitely a region that is expanding. Um, there's a not there's not a lot out that way. And I guess, you know, the the, the the selling factor or why people are persuaded to go out that way because the Southeast is, is near, the, near the ocean. So, um, but with that being yeah, said, that's sure. another region um, with the freeways that have been recently expanded um, to meet the demand that's happening out yeah. that way, um, still affordable options down in those regions. Okay. It'll, uh, yeah, because Cranbourne's uh, an interesting one. Cranbourne and even Mornington Peninsula, there were some interesting areas yeah. out in the southeast in the past. But I, the transformation that you're starting to see in, in that area, I think, is massive. And, and connectivity to the city is already there, like you just said, around the, the upgrades to highways and stuff as well. So it'll be, uh, it'll be good to see what... I think there's so much opportunity in Melbourne. I think the, the opportunity is so expansive that it can really grow in any direction it wishes in a sense. Um, so it's just, uh, yeah, identifying these growth corridors like Windenvale and, and like Cranbourne and, and the likes and um, and we'll, we'll continue to see some steady and Definitely. solid growth in these areas. Yeah, uh, over I agree, time, absolutely. Uh, I think in the foreseeable future. So it'd be good to see. And, and like you touched on around the, the value of, or the dwelling value increases over the last 12 months or this financial year, last financial year, sorry. Um, but it's 10.4% in, in Melbourne for the year is, is massive growth as a whole, despite the circumstances. And I think yes. if we continue to see, you know, once, like you touched on earlier, yeah. the, the foreign investment coming back in overseas investment, confidence from interstate uh, again. And I think you'll, that growth will, will continue on a similar trajectory. I, I can't see why not. There's, there's the money's there. Overseas money's a massive if contributor it, to it does dip, the Australian market. If it does fluctuate, so be it. Yeah. But you're basing your yeah. first investment on a 10% return in your first year. So that's okay. You've done really yeah. well. A lot better than any other term <laughs> Exactly. A lot better than any other savings account. It's a good return. So 
if it does drop to six to eight percent conservatively again, it's it's a viable option. It's a yeah. viable investment option. It's still very decent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, def- yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, it's good to see. I'm I'm excited to see what is going to come from from the reopening of borders. I think. A lot of money will be sitting there waiting to to flurry into the country in yeah. a sense, but time will tell. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I guess the last question I wanted to ask you today, and uh, it's a more of a personal question, oh, and I'm sure you'll you'll be wanting to open up about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get to know the Sam, the real Sam. But uh, it's a question around what does a wealthy life mean to you? A wealthy life. Mm. To me. Yeah. So if you, yeah. So what do you identify as, as a wealthy life in a sense? I think the honest truth. Um, I don't know which avenue. Should I go the, the real avenue? Or should I go the, <laughs> the property avenue on this? Because I've got two takes. I think. Let's have, let's have the real. I, I think, I think what wealthy would mean to me is, is having liberty in choices and decisions you make and we and having no restrictions of your liberties and i think that's the truth of yeah. and that's that that's what true wealth is possessions uh, monetary value are really good um but they can only take you so far but i really feel like yeah um freedom of of um you know freedom of, of making your own you know investment decisions life decisions I think is the true essence of wealth. Yeah, you can tell I mean, I've gone very through. Well put. You can tell I've gone through a lot of philosophy. I really think about it generally. long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> How are you managing with lockdown? You're, you're staying positive. Oh, yeah. Going to the gym still? I'm always finding something to do when there's nothing to do. So <laughs> exactly for the day, keep you busy, out of trouble. But uh, no, that's good. That was a good answer. I like it. I like it, and I agree. So it's good to get these different perspectives from yeah. uh, different guests and on what their takes are. Yeah. Everyone has. You Sorry. think it's? Uh, Should I ask what, you know, you, what yours is, or have you already said it in other podcasts? You don't oh have gosh, to. I haven't said it in the. I haven't said it in the past. Actually, oh, okay. it's the the first time you, I would be disclosing it. But I feel like I've got a mix of them now. I've heard uh, everyone else's different perspective. But to me, a wealthy life is, you know, I'm not one to, to care too much about the, the flashy cars and the flashy accessories and all that sort of stuff in a sense. it's To me, it's just being able to live comfortably and and still do the things that I want to do with my life and having that passive income that's going to that's gonna help me grow as a person and grow my career. Um, but I'm not there worrying about having, you know, two Ferraris in the garage or yeah. living in a $50 million house of 50 million pound house. It's having, being able to live comfortably live and being able to do what I want to do, uh, in my life and, and get, you know, grow my career, grow my, my, uh, myself as, as a person really, uh, is, is what matters to me. So it's being able to, yeah, ex- essentially, have that passive income and make exactly, sure that I'm, exactly I can, no right or wrong I can grow up. Chris. So it's whatever thing no, for you, really. It's a, it's an interesting one. It's but it's a it's a good one, and lots of everyone seems to have a different different yeah. perspective on on what they want and what they want to achieve in with a, a wealthy life, so to speak. And don't get me wrong, it's it's nice to have the money there and yeah, and sure. being able to do extravagant things, but 
at the end of the day it's about being happy and, and living totally a, and good life uh, and being able to do the things that you want to do with totally. your money so yeah I think that's a, a bit of me but uh, yeah I think that's that's about it that's for us we'll tonight a, we'll you need to get into some margaritas mate uh, end it on a good spiritual note I like that <laughs> exactly you should be a, you should have a shot of tequila there ready to ready to down it I'm ready to go so <laughs> <laughs> well uh enjoy it's been great to have you on the show really enjoyed chatting to you really uh, we'll have to get you we'll get you on again sure. we can have Anytime. another chat well next time maybe we'll be uh, in australia yeah but uh yeah thank you all good and for everyone listening i hope you've enjoyed uh feel free to like or comment and subscribe to the channel uh, and we look forward to hearing from you all soon have a good evening everyone thank you thank you